Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Sobriety University. Thank you guys for tuning in today. We got an awesome guest, my homie Jade. Jade, thanks for coming on today. No problem. Yeah, appreciate it, man. And yeah. I'm really excited for this one. We're going to get to hear how Jade has gotten through his first few months of sobriety for marijuana. And I know a lot of people that come to my channel uh, in, in particular are at those beginning stages. So I think this is going to be a really important video, especially if you're you know, struggling to quit, if you're in the first few months, um, because here to my left or right, whatever side you're watching on yeah. is living proof that you can do it and that you can completely transform your life. So I'm really looking forward to this one. And, you know, let's just dive right in. So Jade, when did you first start smoking marijuana? Um, like on a consistent basis, it would have been the end of 2013, early 2014. So when I went up to uh, really the start of this year, like January this year, so that's about nine years, you know, just, you know, continuous, maybe a break, a break for a week or maybe two weeks hand there. And I had like one stretch when I went like four months without smoking. And so it was really consistent throughout the whole time. And yeah, so that would have been when I started. And yeah. I'm curious, like why, what got you hooked onto marijuana? Like what about it just made you fall in love basically? I think since about high school, I was always kind of a, a person. I was really, you know, into my academics. And I, at certain points, I'd definitely say like the last two years or so, last two and a half years of high school, I was really, you know, into my academics. And I still had friends, you know, I still went out now and again. But I was really, I think, isolated a lot of the time. So when I finally graduated and I, I still you know, was in college, it just felt like I had a sense of burnout already. Like I was just mm -hmm. loaded down with work and I wasn't really, I guess, breaking bad or like really experienced like much of anything as a step, really working in school and working my job. So it was like, a uh, part of it was like, I, I felt a little bored just with life. Like I was just working okay. consistently and I had friends and different people who I would hang out with from, you know, early in my life, like junior high and, you know, I reconnected with and just people who might have been in my neighborhood and I know different persons who they would smoke. And it was something what I never was really so drawn to in high school. But I guess when I had more time and I felt like, you know, I'm at an age where I, I have things under control, like I could, I could dibble and dabble and type other <laughs> stuff. So I just decided, you know, I'll try it. And then I feel like it really did, like, I may have been a little anxious at certain times and it kind of took that away where I'd be more um, just comfortable around people, people who I didn't know. When I go more comfortable talking to women, more comfortable just, you know, being yourself and not feeling so um, scared about being around and being around different sets of people. And it, it was a thing, I guess, what kind of, smooth over like introductions like you can always meet people through that and so mm -hmm. i guess lo the long and short is like it it was something fun for the time being and something that made me relax a bit more and just something to make me enjoy myself more yeah so yeah let's let's touch on that a little bit because i was the same way right it took away that social anxiety made me feel more comfortable around other people but of course at some point it stopped working and stopped doing that was that like what it was for you where you just, it didn't work anymore, essentially? Yeah, with me, um, like I would say at the beginning, like the first, I want to say year or two, first two and a half years, it was really like a fun thing. And even though the addiction or the habit may have been formed from like the first six, seven, eight months, I wouldn't really have felt that until a few years into it. You know, so it would have just been fun, you know, smoking every day, going out, meeting people. If I was working or not, like smoke at the end of the day, if I'm not working, smoke throughout the day. Um, if I have like a full time job or a couple of odd jobs to just make money or unemployment benefits or so just different ways. Like this is really strange. Like whenever you like your habit, you'll find the money. Like somehow you'll find the money to just feed your habit and do what you want to do. I've been fun, like I said, like a young man, just 20, 21, 
you know, meeting women, um, just really when you want to experience life and you feel like, you know, I want to, I want to live outside of the box. I don't want to just be caged in like, you know, work a regular nine to five and just do everything by the book. Um, I didn't want to do any hard drugs. So it was like, you know, it mm. seems pretty, pretty okay. So that's something where I guess a few years into it, when I started to feel, you know, okay, I would have different mood swings or I would feel mm. like, cause you would already go through things in life, like um, traumatic events or just a general sense of not really being happy or satisfied with life. And then, you work in substances there like you know or weed and alcohol even lean like like 2015 like me and a lot of my mm. friends are drinking like codeine and stuff like that but it wasn't like you know it'd be fun in the moment but you still would be alone with your thoughts at the end of the night when you got to go yeah. to sleep and then you know you start to have sleep issues and different things like that and so it, it ramps up the, the habit so you have to do it more in order to sleep well and in order to you know, relax. And like you said, like it starts off really fun, like that type of thing, but you don't really understand how it's beginning to take, take hold and really take a, a grip on your thoughts. And, you know, you start and center your life around it and wherever you work on things you do and the people you meet, it just starts to center around that. Like, you know, and you could get so deep into it. It's like everybody who you meet or you want to, um, getting in contact with has to do something with weed like you're just smoking with them or you're buying from them or something to do with it you know and you your personality can kind of just revolve around that and that's how it was for me for a good while and you know so that whole tangent was just like you know <laughs> when you realize that it went from being a fun thing that you know more of a addiction yeah Definitely. And hey, man, keep the tangents going. That's what's great about these. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the theme is tangents. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, I think you, you put it really well that it's very subtle. Like it starts off fun, but it slowly just digs at you, right? Just cut after cut, chip over chip. And then a couple years online, it's like, holy shit, this is really consuming my life. And I found the same thing. Like I was watching a movie the other night and it was about like partying and stuff. And I would have, I had fantasies obviously while I was watching the movie of like the good days party and like going out. <laughs> good excited, old days. Like when I was young, good old days. <laughs> yep. The nice beginning the, yeah. the adventure. What's funny is that I might like after a couple of minutes, my mind went to what you just said to the end of the night when I come home and the high is gone and I'm like, wow, I have to get up tomorrow. And I have to go to my job. And that depression, I felt that too. I was like, oh, like yeah. that sucks. Like that yeah. was a hell of a terrible feeling. And of course, then it's like, okay, now I need to party tomorrow, right? To keep that going. So yeah, it's I'm, I'm with you. It's it's not a fun, fun cycle to be in. Uh so yeah, so you so you realize that it wasn't for you. You're like, okay, I need to make some changes here. What were some of those first changes you made to to start to quit weed? Um, this isn't, like I said before, a lot of times, like this probably may be like the the 10th time or so that I, I said to myself, you know, I probably need to stop or I probably need to, you know, put this down or at the very least, like cut it down and just, uh, moderate my use. And it would be, I guess, looking at why you really feel like you need to do it. Like that was one of the first things I, I started to do to curb it and, and eventually stop it. It's like, you know, there are underlying issues. Like I said, you know, like I'd say in high school, I was really isolated a lot of the time. And I looked and said, you know, if I wasn't, maybe if I was around people more and I was in more activities, like more activity groups, I may not have smoked as much. Um, so I guess I still need to do better with that. Like still need to join more clubs or like some type of um, activities, church and that type of thing. But I did start joining stuff. Like I, I was involved in a, a club called Kiwanis and that's like a volunteer mm. outreach group where you would go like different communities and, you know, talk with people. And like, it really is centered towards service for children. So you would do like 
back to school drives or um, uh, fun days at schools or even help out with the elderly, like go to old folks home mm-hmm. we did and give them yes. like supplies and stuff like that. So I'm trying to find more like-minded people who want to live, you know, quote unquote, positive lifestyles. You know, that was one thing that I, I, I started to implement a few years ago, you know, still was smoking during the time, but it was like, I was trying to get towards that place where I'm around more people who are pushing me in that direction. Um, I started doing counseling, not just for the smoking, but other things in my life. Like I think we spoke about it before, my mother really, well, my mother died in 2014 and she fought cancer and everything. And, you know, like you might have your teen angst and stuff like that, you know, in high school, but I wouldn't say I had much traumatic events like that really happened throughout my life. So when that happened, that's when it really started to go from a fun thing to like a coping mechanism, like you Mm -hmm. do this to forget about what you're worrying about and, you know, grief and all this type of stuff. And then trying to figure out at the same time, still a young man, still just 20 years old, 2021. So you're trying to see, you know, what am I going to do for a career? What direction to go into? Um, Mm -hmm. Am I going to get married? Like, do I want a lot of women in my life? Like, what, what do you really want to do? And questions about faith, like, do I believe in God? Like, what do I, Mm -hmm. you know, all these questions and you're having, and it gets so confusing and, even at certain points they became suicidal and even like really heavily depressed. So when there's so much things going on in the mix, like I had to really, you know, I think the term for this, the term for it is metacognition. When you look, think about your thoughts. So I started to really think about what I was feeling and what I was thinking. And I'd have some really extreme thoughts sometimes like, you know, sure. You know, I just hate life. Like, I just hate having to deal with all this stuff. And then I had to think about that. Like, well, I I don't really, like, I still have family who I love. Like, so I don't hate life. It's that I might just hate mm-hmm. the situation where I'm in now. And mm-hmm. then, like, with work and everything, like, I still might not, like, work that much. But it's like, <laughs> I don't hate, you know, having a job. It's just maybe this type of job that I'm in, I don't like. And sure. maybe it's the coworkers I don't like. So I really had to examine what I was feeling along with, you know, I, and I went through different counselors as well and different programs where, you know, talk about certain stuff you go through and, you know, what brought you there. And some of it helped, you know, some of it, I feel like they could have been better, but I, I always encourage people to get counseling and therapy. So like for your question, you know, what, what steps did I take to really start the curve? But I, I really had to like talk with people that was the main, a major thing. Talk to people and get my thoughts examined. I had to really examine myself, see what I was doing, see if I was doing what I had to do to really get to where I wanted to go. You have to think about where you want to go as well. Like if you don't have an idea where you want to go, you'll just be going around in circles. And yeah. really, you know, putting more people around you who, who want to go in that same direction, where it's like, you know, I don't look down at people who smoke weed or like do whatever, but after a while, it gets to be a cycle where you you have this moment where you feel content. Like, you know, you go to work, then you hang out with your friends and you smoke at the end of the day and drinks and have, you know, fun and, you know, some girls around and it's okay. But then you begin to get content. I think it may have been you or I think it may have been someone else who said it. You kind of I think it was Dr. Frank, actually. You kind of get wow. content with not being okay. You know, where it's like, I'm not mm, totally yeah. okay, but at least I could have my smokes and drinks at the end of the day. And right. you get to become, like, you just want that moment. Like, you want to freeze frame and just live in that moment forever. You know, and then totally. when you think about that, you know, that's, it can't happen. You just can't no. do that. So, like, definitely talking with people and putting the more people in your life who they are kind of goal oriented, like they want to go towards a certain goal. And it's still something that I'm implementing now, like still trying to find a lot more of those people and just examining what I feel, you know, because sometimes, you know, I'm still early on in the recovery stages. So 
I'm gonna get an inclination like to go back to like the good old days, like you say. But then when you think about it, like continue with that thought. Like continue yeah. with it. Don't just stop there because even when it's a bit of the fun period, then the end of the night and the next day, and then it continues, then the cycle starts over again. So you always gotta examine what you feel, you know. So yeah, those would be some of the things that would really help me to get this far. Man, a lot of great points there. Um, I'm like, I should have been writing those down because you touched on some good stuff. Um, first, yeah, definitely getting out there and getting some extra support through therapy. I did a lot of therapy when I first got into recovery as well. And I think it kept me afloat because it's the one place you can go where it's totally focused on you. And, uh, you know, you can just talk about whatever you got to talk about. Of course, finding the right therapist is important too. I think there's been times where I've been with somebody that wasn't quite the right fit and vice versa. And so that, that was very helpful. And, and kind of, like you said, kind of working on some of those deeper issues, family trauma from the past. And another part was about getting, getting out, getting active, getting into groups, kind of socializing finding some support and stuff. Uh, you and I talk a lot that we, we both play hoops. So that's like a huge community thing. Um, and that Qantas, yeah, I remember hearing about that growing up. And one really important part I think you touched on is the importance of service and getting out and being of service to the community. I mean, it's pretty, pretty straightforward there. That's something that was they really drill in in like the recovery support groups, uh, which I can't say by name, but put two and two together. You know what they are. They really push for service because a lot of times when folks are in their addiction, it's, it can be a very selfish thing and it's not it's not intentionally selfish but it it just becomes that because all all we care about is getting our drugs at whatever cost no matter who we have to go through so in quitting the drugs and getting into recovery it's like okay how do i actually benefit myself to society now that i'm not just so self-consumed and it's i think one of the points of just being alive is eventually at some point is just to give back in any way you can and, and be of help. So that's awesome. You're doing that. And I would not be surprised if that's playing a huge part in you staying sober because you're being of service. So that's awesome, man. And there's a couple other points. I really wish I would wrote these down. I think I'm going to have to start, start doing that. Cause yeah, just real good stuff, community support. Um, anything else you want to add on that? Um, yeah, you really got to find a lot of people, like like we were saying, because just being alone in general, like aside from, you know, sobriety and everything, you just really need people. You know, you need people mm -hmm. to give you a nice, well, a good mindset, um, a good sense of community, like, you know, people are there for you. And the world is so big, like, cause, and it's easy to find the wrong set of people. So you really have to search hard for the right set of people to find. Right. Absolutely. That was that was another point I wanted to touch on too. the the idea that you become like the five people you surround yourself with. And again, it's very subtle. It might not seem obvious at first. It's like, well, I'm on my own path. Like, but over time, you just start to slowly pick up the habits of those around you. So I'm like you, like I, I consume a lot of content online from guys that are, are, are working hard every day, working towards their purpose so they can get out of the jobs they hate or they were once in the jobs that they don't like. Now they're living the stream life. It's like, it's so motivating and um, connecting with you too. Like I get pumped when we have a call because it's like, okay, I know Jade's on his purpose. I know he's putting in the work. He's on this grind, which is exactly what I'm doing as well. So I feel fueled up after we talk. And I think you can kind of tell when someone either lifts your sales or is maybe doing the opposite by how you feel after you hang out, talk to them or, or whatever, like, do you feel inspired to keep going to, to stay on your path to be like, okay, right. I may have wanted to use, but after talking to Jade, I feel, and I'm experiencing that, okay, I can continue on and I can make it through this night. Right. That's, that's what we're looking for here. Exactly. Other times there's, yeah, folks where you, know, you might feel like, okay, I kind of want to just go be lazy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very subtle. It's very subtle. And so I think, yeah, really finding some support group, some supportive people to, to help lift you up. Yeah. It's going to be this game. Yeah. 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 I was talking with somebody the other day, or I was, I was watching, well, I was reading a YouTube comment and it was something about, uh, 
it was some somebody who said something in the comment like you know everybody oh, it was something like in the NBA like it was Gilbert Arenas and he was talking about you know how great Michael Jordan was he was like you know Michael Jordan was so good he ran cocaine out of the 80s like out of the NBA because people were just doing so much coke in the NBA in the 80s that you know they had to get sober to even compete with him wow. and then I was reading through the comments and it was like a lady said, you know, everyone did coke back in the day. Like, you know, everyone smokes weed now. And then uh, it was a comment that said, you know, everybody does coke now. And I was, and then underneath that comment, it was like, I mean, like, who, who you be hanging around? Like, who's hanging around? <laughs> if you only hang around people like that, then you really would feel like everyone's doing it. Like, everyone does it. Definitely. It's so easy. To, it's so easy for that to happen. And you wouldn't even realize when yeah. it happens. Like, I talked about. Because that's the only people that you're seeking out. So if you seek yeah. that out, then you get that. And you feel yeah. like, you know, everybody does it. Like, everybody I know does it. So everybody does it. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody I know doesn't smoke yeah. weed. So everybody probably. <laughs> we, we know that ain't the truth. Yeah. I was thinking about this uh, just the other day. Like, if I were to be, like, go to church, like, every day for, like, a year. I guarantee you, I would, all my thoughts would be like, okay, it would be like church focused, right? Christianity focused. So it totally is just like who you hang out with and yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I, I can see how I forgot to mention that, you know, like, you know, when I really was at, at the worst times, I was having, like I said, really feeling suicidal and like heavy depression, you know. That's why when I mentioned, therapy and counseling you know i always i would always encourage people to do it and i would always really i would say that it's still a net positive you know but i still found in my time you know seeking out therapy and counseling you may find some some roadblocks like you know some therapists are really expensive you know i'm from the bahamas you know and, and i was trying to seek you know therapy and counseling in the bahamas i was finding that you know it can get really expensive, like $150 an hour or like a session. Um, if you don't go that route, you may have to use like government agencies, you know, where it's really like jam packed and, you know, you might be waiting for an hour or two to talk to somebody. And then it's like, they ask you, oh, wow. I said questions on a checklist. And then, you know, they have you out in like 10, 20 minutes and then you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're okay. All right. Good. Like good. you need some drugs. Like, you want to get prescribed something? All right. Yeah. Seriously. And then, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and then you'll find some, like you said, like they may just not be a good fit for you. So you don't feel like you really, really did get counsel. And I think like whenever people, they're seeking out counseling or therapy, they genuinely just want to feel like the person they're talking to cares about them. Like, you know, like they're a friend. Yeah. You can't buy friendship, but you want to feel like this person really cares about me and they're friend-like, you know. And Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, that's one of the most important things. And, you know, so you people are still human at the end of the day. They're still flawed and still mm. fallible. So although therapy and counseling is good and it's a good tool, you know, that alone isn't going to really, I didn't find it really took me to that point to come out of my depression and come out of, like, you know, I really had to look at a higher power. And, you know, I really did choose Jesus mm. Christ as my way because, as I started to read more of the text and spend more time praying and being in that, you open up your mind to different possibilities about life and how you see things. And like we were talking about, you know, you might make your plans and then, you know, we try our hardest to make plans, but then it might just not work out for whatever reason. And then yeah. we'd say like, oh, like, like why, is it, why isn't this working out? And then you get so angry, like, but then <laughs> if, you, if you went that way, it might have led you to an even worse outcome. So that's why sometimes you have to really just, you know, say let God's will be done and just leave it at that. But you still make your plans. You still do what you have to do. But, you know, it's, it was a scripture somewhere, you know, I'm even getting better at that. Like memorizing scripture, it says, you know, bring your burdens to me, you know, because my yoke is light. Because we only could take on so much mm. in life. Like we only could take on so much stress, so much in uncertainty, so much, you know, pain and trauma in life. So, you know, when we know that we got to our breaking point or we just can't take anymore, that's when you really just rested on God, like on Jesus, because 
you only could do so much in life, like as, as much in your power. And there's certain things like, like I'd love to just be able to wave a magic wand and, and bring back some people into my life and to fix issues and like just have a million dollars in the bank so I could just pay off my house and, you know, do all these things. But, you know, you have to be patient and like, just really mm-hmm. give it to God sometimes because you can't do everything through your own power. You know? no, preach brother man <laughs> i feel better after hearing that for sure like just give it to god so now one one question that comes up a lot when people when people hear that i think is that like where's the balance then between putting in work and letting god take control you know you, find like, that balance? you know when you try your best or something like i don't know what is joel's best like i don't know maybe a 10 hour work day, an eight hour work day, or like some people could work like around the clock, you know, and they need like mm-hmm. two or three hours of sleep. And you know what your best is, you know, like okay. I would never know, like if you could have pushed a little bit harder, if you could have done a little bit more, saved up some more money, you know, so it, it is still a personal relationship between you and God. So when mm-hmm. you know that, you know, okay, save my money, I'm, I'm taking, cause I couldn't really feel like I was trying my best when I was still indulging in smoking every day. Like that wasn't me putting my best before because I was wasting a lot of money. So I couldn't say that, okay, I want to, I want to live here and I want to do this and I want to go to school and do all these things when I'm still not putting myself in that position. I'm not, I wasn't trying my best. I was just staying comfortable and complacent. And when I, like when people get comfortable, they don't really see it, uh, need to really change and you know to, to push yeah. further so i couldn't say that i was trying my best when i was doing that um mm. you know some people it's really hard for them to lose weight you know it's like just can biologically it's really hard for them so with me my metabolism i think is pretty good i weighed about between 170 and 160 since like 2008 or 2009 so i I can't tell someone it just just lose weight. Like I, I don't just lose weight. Like just do just do it. <laughs> you know, their best like, is different from my best. You know, and only you mm, would know. Sure. So when you you take all the steps, you fill out all the applications. You know, you tidy up your resume really good. You know, you, you send your emails out. You connect with people. Um, you save up your money. You work really hard, and you know when okay, if I go any further, I'm gonna pass out. Or if I go further. You know, yeah. So I'm gonna hit some lady when, with my car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what that's when you know, like, okay, now I did my part, so I just have to leave the rest to God and let Him, you know, uh, just go where it needs to go. Yo, that's super spiritually powerful, and I really like how you said that. Like, that it's about doing your best and then giving the rest to to God. Because I think one one thing that I've fallen into is that my yeah, I'm giving my best, but it's not to the standards that I see on some guy's YouTube channel or, um, you know, Elon Musk or whatever. So it's then it becomes hard for me to say, okay, God, you can take what I haven't completed or got done yet, or that I know there's room for growth here. You take that and let that or, or universe or whatever, let you transform that within me instead of me trying to just like force it and be like, okay, I got to do this level of work or else oh, I'm a failure. So yeah, that's, that's very powerful. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. It's easy to fall into that trap of perfectionism and, you know, even the best isn't good enough. And uh, again, this is why guys watching, I, I wanted to bring Jane on because uh, it can be, I'm a lot further along in the journey for marijuana. So I think sometimes it can be difficult to relate to somebody that is at a certain point down the line because it's like, well, that's easy for you to say you, you quit weed X amount of years ago. So hearing from people that are at the beginning, just a few months, it's like, okay, okay. I can get through a few months. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> here's no yeah. excuses now. Uh, yeah. And I like what you said too, about uh, before getting comfortable being stuck in complacency and it's almost, that can be an addiction as well. Being like yeah, enjoying because- the feeling. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that there's still people in life, um, they can smoke, and then it wouldn't affect their sleep much, 
they'd still go to work each day. They'd do what they have to do and they can really pick it up and put it down. And if they, if people wouldn't do that, I really commend them because I can't do that. You know, I, me and a lot of people just really can't do that. So it becomes a thing of just cutting it out. If it's, you know, it's not really much in between in my life, like either going all the way or not at all, you know, or nothing. Yeah. But that it helps me to still have empathy for people because everybody just really isn't the same in life. You know, some people could really do it and still function and do what they have to do. You can make the argument that if they would abstain, abstain from it, how much further they would be, you know, how much more money they could save, how much they really, where they could be in life, but then how they choose to live their life. And, you know, because all of us, we only have for a time, you know, and you only have so much time to live and to really explore the world. So, you know, you really have to live on your own terms, but right. I would say that, you know, when you are high a lot of the time, you can miss certain things, you know, you mm-hmm. can miss time with your family, you know, where you might even be with them, but just mentally and emotionally, you're like distant, you know, or you could be around schoolmates or, you know, wherever it is, with friends that are at somewhere, but your head isn't with them. It's like, you're just thinking about when you can go get high again or when you could, you know, yeah. be off to yourself to, you know, smoke and, and it starts to really, you know, it, it really made me feel sad at certain times because I'd be with my family and then still having fun with them, still enjoying it. But in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking about when I can get away, you know, and yep. Yeah. So oh, we're two hours, we're two hours down. Yeah. <laughs> two more hours. I can smoke weed. Let's go. Right. You know, Put on so, the happy face. and I don't think that's a really, it's a way to live a full life. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. When I was, I missed my mom's birthday one year because I was smoking weed, and I like didn't remember until like a week after. And the reason why is because it was my birthday a week later, and I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. I was like, Wasn't there someone's <laughs> birthday around? I'm like, Oh, it was something important I was supposed to do. Yeah, right. She, she's like, Happy birthday, Joel. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> that's what it was. Oh man, good stuff, man. Yeah, past that that stage. So we got a few comments here. Uh, we can we can tap into. So first one's from the homie, Quant Finance Business Mentor. Thanks for tuning in again. He's been coming on last couple of weeks, so asking really good questions. Uh, do you think weed is like fapping? Pretty much when masturbation is done along with hard porn, aren't they the same? So you need so you indeed indeed quit weed, or has the addiction been reformatted? Um, I think. Pornography is one of the worst drugs in life. Like they think that, um, I don't have the exact like scientific term for it, but I think, you know, the dopamine that gets released when you watch porn or about to watch it is like the same as like meth or coke or something. Like it releases that much. And it's so, it's so prevalent. Like anyone could watch it like at any time. Everyone has a cell phone, like a smartphone now or a laptop. Um, kids there's no way to keep kids from watching it um the younger you do it like your neural pathways it gets really formed in that way um and it's even harder to break the older you get like the long you've done it and that's something what i i struggle with as well or you know i i try to really abstain from you know because I, I i when i was young i started like like i got my laptop when i was like 14 so it was something that got introduced to me a little early. So it is really, it, I think it's even worse than weed, to tell you the truth. So it's something would be definitely, everyone I think should try to quit and just form natural sexual relations. Yeah. 14 seems to be the common age, man. That's when I got hooked to. And most of my friends, that's about the age 14. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've I've done a few more videos lately about porn, so I'm starting to talk about that a little more in porn addiction. And yeah, it definitely has caused some issues in, in regular life. Uh, I'm starting to come out of the, the other side of it, but there's been a big time where I'm like, I, I regret, like I'm like, I could have had way better relationships, way more intimacy with women had I stopped watching porn and masturbating yeah. as much as I did. Yeah. And it played a huge role in depression too. I was, yeah. there, I just remember the days... Uh, in high school, I would just feel so empty and miserable. 
And I did it, and I thought it was just because of I don't even know what it was from. Now I know that it was from the from the porn and stuff, and just having no dopamine or serotonin left in oh, my brain. Porn is a real, that's serious, that's a real serious drug. Real. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you're saying it like that. It is a it is a drug. Yeah. And uh, one of the biggest industries in the world. It might be the biggest industry in the world. Porn. Yeah. I think it is. Um. So yeah, great question, man. Uh, I think yeah, if abstaining from it is the best route for sure. Uh, next question. People feel bad about themselves, uh, i.e. low self-confidence, feeling outsiders and insufficient, hurt by rejection, stay lonely, addiction develops, so way to cover the feelings of loneliness. Yeah, you just you put it great right there. It's just a cycle, right? And then it just repeats and it just keeps going around in a circle. Um, any thoughts, Jade, on that? Yeah, it's, it's like a negative feedback loop or um, I think that's the term for it. And you know, when you get to such a low point and just feel so bad about your situation, you have to change something. And even if it's the smallest thing you change, like, okay, uh, I'm not going to smoke like cigarettes. I'm not going to smoke tobacco leaf for this. And then you start that. Okay. Then I'm not going to vape. Then you start that I'm not going to vape today. And you say, okay, I'm not going to have a drink today or I'm not going to watch porn today or just the smallest, the most smallest step you could think of. For some, some people and sometimes in my life, it was hard to even like get out of bed and feel like I want to do anything, but they say, okay, I got to do something productive. Like I'll just wash the dishes today. But you just do that one thing and, you know, I'll clean up the bathroom or I'll do something like to just get me out and about. And when you just feel like you're in that, depression cycle and low confidence cycle whatever is the smallest like unit of change you could do to start with that smallest thing and just build up your confidence from there like start small and absolutely one little step absolutely 100 man i know I, I was feeling that a little bit in this last couple of days because jade and i were talking about earlier that uh, I'm, I'm planning to move out of country and i'm finding it really difficult to find a sublease so i can leave and uh, this is why the topic of turning it over came up because it's like, okay, I have to accept that I'm very powerless over somebody subleasing my apartment. Like I have no, I really have no control if someone wants to or not. Um, all I can do is put the ad out there and see, see if people show up. And so I've been feeling in a bit of a rut. And so this morning I'm like, all right, man, you know, you've been feeling bad for the last few days. You've been in some self-pity. It's time to move forward. So first thing I did is I cleaned my bedroom. I clean my entire apartment, right? Yeah. Feel so much better. Like, it's like, mm -hmm. wow, okay, I'm at least in a clean place. Then I meditated for 15 minutes and that got my day going like, okay, I did some discipline for the day to start it off. Um, I can at least go through the day now knowing that I did something that encouraged my discipline muscle. Awesome. Went out, did a little bit of work. So felt good about that. Drank some water. Um, Diet and exercise is super important. So make sure getting hydrated, staying hydrated, et cetera. And then I'm here with Jade. So it's like from that first thing of just cleaning my bedroom, it's just made this positive effect going upwards. And now you got all kinds of things. Here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel way better. <laughs> like yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I won't get to move, but hey, it's uh I at least feel good now. And so yeah. Yeah. Baby even, steps for sure. Even with me, like I like I was telling you, I felt really tired today and, you know, I was checking my email and I'm starting this new program in school where uh, I have to do, well, I'm going to do a master's in social work. So I have to go and try mm. to apply for internships and, and scholarships and all these different things. And, you know, I have to think about how I'm going to really generate more money or continue to generate as much money as I'm doing now. Uh, am I going to get a research assist, research assistant position, you know, I'm like going to do this or do that. And you know, it's these applications I have to fill out and this paperwork. And it's like, you just feel trained, like, you know, yeah. it's always something to do. And then, you know, so I was starting to get, feel a bit overwhelmed, like, you know, like, you know, and what am I doing all of this for? Like, what's the real end goal? Like, am I going to really feel like happy or really content? And, you know, a lot of the time when you're going through something, it's not so much the end result, but the the journey to get there, which teaches you mm. all the lessons you need to really, really be content and to really feel like, you know, 
I'm happy, you know, like I am, you know, happy with what I'm doing. And and it's a lot of the time it's it's just going through it to teach you what you need to learn. Like just doing the work, like the small steps, like, you know, answer one email now, you know, put out one uh, advertisement, like you said, for the apartment. I do this one thing here and then and because you can't do everything in one time. You yeah. just can't do everything in one, you know. Yeah. We might want to, but as, yeah. as time has it, you can't do that. Totally. I think I, I saw another comment um down below him. I think we we skipped past. I think it was one comment. Yep. Yeah. So we got a couple here. So um, from Angels Galaxy. Wow, trippy, trippy picture. Uh, very well said. Yeah. Time feels like it passes you in an instant when you're high 24-7. 100%. Years go by. Just like, boom. Yeah. Years went it, by. It really, and you don't remember yeah. it. <laughs> no, I, like it's like, it's, I think it's really pronounced. The first few days when you stop smoking, like every time I stop smoking, like the first few days, it'll feel like a 32-hour day. Like, yeah. Like day feel, it'll totally. feel so long. Like, like right. Like, day, why is it nighttime yet? Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be wanting to just experience the pleasant effects again because I, I feel that same thing too. Like, if I binge watch movies the next day, I'm like, oh, this day is just taking forever because I want to yeah. get back to baseline. So, totally get that. Um, let's see here. I saw one comment and it said, yeah, this is it right here. Okay. Yeah. So I think this is just, yeah, what's up, Bedtime Wisdom? Also been tuning into the channel a lot. Uh, this is, I think, just another like example of a cycle where one thing happens, it leads to the you know child feeling bad, and obviously to cover up that, it's like an addiction. So definitely there's a lot of different situations that can apply to what we were talking about. And everyone has their own, of course, and that's kind of what I think you were saying earlier about having self-reflection and being able to get in tune with what goes on in your head. It's going to be really helpful in identifying which cycle plays out in your life. So that was like what it was for me. I had, I had a rejection in, in elementary school. And because of that, I didn't want to feel those feelings. And because of that, I smoked weed, so on and so forth. So I had to address those feelings of being left out, not being the cool kid in, in school or good at sports or whatever. And once I did that, I felt a lot of freedom. So yeah. um, let's see. Uh, then, then the porn weed, et cetera, so strongly, nice, intensely, nice. That continued on. Child doesn't just, just, yeah. Again, like it starts off nice, and then it doesn't. <laughs> it turns into something yeah. ruthless. Any thoughts on that one, Jade? Yeah, like like he talked about family and communication, and you know, socializing with other people, and it it all really it rings true. You know, a lot of the time, because people in life, they don't really, there's no manual on how to live life, like, and how to really be content and to really, you know, there are books about, you know, how you talk to your kids and, you know, from quote unquote experts, but people, people, a lot of the time, they don't really read these books. And, you know, it's still no perfect way to really um, raise your children. Communication is really important and, and being emotionally available is really important. And then there needs to be a balance between how much you coddle your child and comfort them and how much you let them, you know, feel that pain and to feel, you know, like adversity and, and struggle. Because that could really, it, it does grow toughness for you to really go through the hard times in life and to go through, you know, the trying times when you really have to be, have that callous nature, I think. David Goggins, he talks about that a lot of the time, like, like callousing your mind and you need that. So, but how much people really have that balance in life? Like we were talking about that a while too, like like having a balance in anything is is so hard. Like it's, it's extremely hard to get a balance in life, like whether it's in, in work, uh, life, work-life relation, um, work-life balance, um, school, time with your spouse or significant other and time for yourself like it's difficult really and i think a lot of people really strive for that balance you know but with with family and your parents it's like you have to be give them grace too because a lot of the time they didn't have 
parents who really communicated with them. Like they just figured out how to do it along the way. Like they didn't have, you know, those deep connections with their parents. So the, what do you do then? And you might have times when you really feel angry at your parents, like, like they didn't do this for me or they did this to me. And, you know, but when you're doing that, sometimes you forget what they did do for you, you know, how they did help you and how they did. So, and it's never going to be perfect. It always could have been more what they could have did or less. They could have been in certain areas and, you know, you address it that you say, and then you just thank, you just be thankful for it. And then you move on. And, you know, I think that's the difference between people who let their past define them and, and dictate how they're going to live. Because when you turn, I'd say 18, 23, 25, those are the years when you have to take it upon yourself to reprogram your mind and to fix those issues what may have happened in childhood or, you know, whatever point in life, because it's going to be you and God, like everyone else, they may try to help how much they could, but it's ultimately going to be you and whatever you really rely on to get, to fix those issues. Totally. Part of growing up is realizing that other people are other people and that well, no one's a saint. Uh, man, you're going to be a great social worker. Uh, I hope so. that much. I actually want to touch on that a little bit, um, and then we'll jump into the, some more of the comments here. Uh, this idea that uh, finding a good therapist, because I know there have been times where I have sought out therapy. And like I said earlier, the person wasn't right for me at the time, but I stayed with it. I couldn't recognize it. And it maybe had caused some more harm than good. And also, I mean, funny story, like I had a therapist once that uh, I met him for the first time. And then I went into deliveries because I was doing like Eat Street and stuff. And I dropped some food off at this guy's house and he goes to the door. I'm like, I think I know this guy. And he's like, <laughs> really uncomfortable because, yeah. you know, as a therapist, you can't talk to your client out in public. Yeah. Like you're not supposed to. And then like an hour later, I'm like, oh, shit, that's, that's my new therapist. <laughs> and now I know where he lives. And he was probably like, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> so, man. This guy that. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I had, I had a therapist oh one time. Like he, he was a nice guy, you know. Um, but it was just so, so informal because he knew my my dad too. Like he knew my family, so it was more like it it became less of a therapist patient relationship, more like an uncle nephew kind of relationship. Mm. So it was. He's still a nice guy, like I said. He still helped me in certain ways, but I think that. If he, if he saw me more as a patient, it may have been more um, productive. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah, the, the therapists have to find that balance too between like being friendly and being being a professional in the in the scene. I think that I that that one it it may have been more of an issue coming from a small place, like a small town type of thing. You know, would cause that to come about. Okay. Yeah, yeah I I study psychology in school too so i was going to be therapy as well that was my goal and i just stopped and i'm like this isn't going to be for me but i think yeah it's really important to vet your therapist to make sure that and a reason i stopped therapy so i used to do therapy like i said all like multiple times a week sometimes and i realized though that eventually i had to become my own therapist in a sense like i had to go learn how to trust the universe god etc to, to have my answers met, not another person. And oftentimes too, sometimes the person, sometimes with therapy, the therapist hasn't gone through the issue. So that's usually a, a sign yeah. for me that this is not someone I'm going to continue with because if I'm asking them about how to quit weed and they've never smoked weed, it's like, it's like, yeah. well, they can read from a manual all day, but I want right. someone that's been through it, been through the grinder, knows what it's like and uh, again it's just finding and that's what's great about online stuff is that you can find coaches like you said the addiction mindset guy um there's a ton of other guys out there that do do coaching and stuff that you can that have gone through it and who knows maybe you'll be an online coach one day but i think it's you'd be a great one for sure and so i think it's yeah it's it's awesome nowadays you can find anything for anybody uh and and go from there so uh continue on the comments uh we've got james what's up james uh, congrats, hey. Jade. Yo, uh, three months as well. Congrats, man. There you go. Uh, almost your last Sunday. Oh, yeah, dude. Those sometimes those those milestones can be 
yeah. like a real test. It's like, okay, I made my goal. Fuck. Well, I thought I would be smoking. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. um, let's see where, well, let's see where the mind's at. And it sounds like you pushed through. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah way to go, James. Stuff. Like, you know, and, uh, another guy we talk about, uh, Pete Rosen, um, Tommy Rosen. Yeah. Tommy Rosen. Yeah. I was going to say Peter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Potato, then, potato. Yeah. But he was gonna. He was talking about something in one of his videos called like the pain cloud um, phase, where you get to a month and you're feeling really good, and you get to two months and three months, and you know you're feeling really good, and you know maybe you know around a time period, and you're thinking, okay, and this happened to me multiple times. Like you know, I stopped doing this thing, but I thought I couldn't stop doing. And I have a good control over it, you know. I'm gonna go do this thing again because I control it now. Yep. And you you fool yourself into thinking like, you know, I was addicted back then, you know, but now since I stopped so long and I I went all this time without it, that means I can pick it up and I can stop it when I want to. And then I'm pretty sure that some people they they may be like we said before, some people can just pick it up and put it down. But I would argue because when I was smoking, nobody, like no one in my friendship group, like nobody smoked in moderation. Like everyone I would smoke every day. Everyone who I knew smoked, smoked every day. I don't I don't I don't know I don't know a person like that. You know, so I can't really say that, you know, I know people who are like that who can do it. Like I hear about it, you know, I don't know if they're being truthful or not, but you know, I don't know anybody who who smoked in moderation. So, you know, you might feel like you got to this point where, okay, I could do this, you know, and, you know, I could pick it up every now and again. But those are still the addictive thoughts were still, like, lingering mm-hmm. in your head. And it's, like, it's making you remember the good times. Like, you know, like, yeah, you know, you used to smoke and relax and you used to have fun. But then you're not really remembering the bad parts of it, like, when you might be having – you know, mood swings or intense emotional feelings or, uh, you know, the whole gamut, like why you decided to stop before. So you got to... It's like, like a relationship. It's, yeah. It's like a bad relationship. You break up yeah. and you're like, wow, she was actually pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> besides you know? the time she threw the pasta pot at me and <laughs> I got a concussion. Yeah. But besides that, oh man, yeah. it was amazing. Right. <laughs> And you so, know how that leads. so you have to remember the whole picture, you know, like the whole story yeah. of it, you know, and definitely this it really like so what I'm doing now, I'm taking all this time to replace what I used to do with things would I feel give me an even better feeling, you know, hmm. because any like we can all choose to do that any day we want to. Like it's nothing stopping you from choosing that. But then I don't think that that's what a lot of people really want to choose because they really want, like, you don't want porn. What you really want is intimacy and healthy sexual relations. You don't really want to be high every day. You want to feel content, but Hmm. you might not know how to get to that intimacy and feel that contentment without going through porn or weed. But keep searching for those things which is going to give you that feeling of, you know, I am content. And you might not get the thing you really want right away. And this goes yeah. back to patience. You might have to yeah. go through some trials. And that was a big unknown for me. Like, okay, if I quit weed, what if my life doesn't get better? And that that was something I had to accept. Maybe my life sucks even worse. <laughs> Obviously, that wasn't the case. Right. But it's, it's still taking a risk either way you go. So, yeah. so James also says facts. Can you never... Nope. Can never let your guard down. Absolutely. The pink cloud effect that happens a lot. Recovery. You see it. Like people will come in, they'll be so hyped for recovery. Yeah. (laughs) And you, you just go like, all right, man, like I I hope this lasts for you. But yeah, like a week later they're in and they're just like, dude, my life's falling apart. And you're just because like they they get so high off being sober, which is great. Right. right? Definitely don't like downplay that. But know that there is usually a time where life's going to get difficult. Some issues yeah. are going to come up. My pink cloud didn't come until like a year and a half. Like that's how bad I like in the shit I was. And then I was like, I'm free. Like I'm finally free. Yeah. And then a few <laughs> months later, it was like, oh, I have like eight 
different things I have to work on that I've been ignoring my whole life. Fuck. So definitely comes and goes. Um, so James also says, can't moderate. You yeah. leaves on Reddit really saves me from times. Oh, cool. Yeah, guys, check that out. I've never, yeah. I'm not a big Reddit guy, but that sounds like a pretty positive. I um, just, I just got on Reddit a few months ago. But I never really explored much of those pages. So yeah, I'd, I'd look into it too. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you, James. Um, let's see. I got one. Let's see. Okay. Now uh, we got our boy Ross GNL or girl. Uh, a therapist will never replace uh, the parents. The therapist could reduce a frequency of addiction, but can never fully correct it. Agreed. It, it yeah, has yeah. to be. You have to do the work for yeah. sure. A therapist just is there to mitigate, to moderate, to, to maybe add some insights. Yeah. Um, so again, you definitely can, it can, you can become dependent on a therapist. I was for sure. And I had to break free of that and be like, okay, I got to chart my own path. I think a good way to look at therapists is more like they're not going to give you the keys to happiness. It's like they're going to hold a mirror in front of you and help you to see what the problem is so you can try to work so you can mm. work on it oh i like that yeah definitely and the last part he says uh it is almost impossible for addicted people to fully recover like but I, not I agree and disagree not impossible I, <laughs> I disagree and i agree with that and disagree with that uh i agree in the sense that like we're always going to have an addictive personality and like like james said we have to, we can't let our guard down we have to be vigilant have to see where it's coming up in other places uh an analogy i like i've heard a lot is addiction is like weeds pun intended where <laughs> you know, you, with weeds you pull a weed and then we, another weed comes up <laughs> yeah another weed comes up right and so again it's just yeah because that's what happened it was like whackable like i quit weed and then all of a sudden i had porn and i quit porn and all of a sudden it was like tv always and something tv and, always and something vape, right and vaping and, and cigarettes oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nicotine was a big yeah. one. Same's same's. Um, but that being said, I do think people and not, but cause, but means what I just <laughs> said was, <laughs> was not true. So, and <laughs> quitting and, and fully recovering, I think people can recover and live an absolutely fantastic life, full of joy, full of all the experiences that one wanted to experience. And it's even better than what I ever thought possible. I I'll just say that from my experience everything all the intimacy relationships even 10 times more than what i've ever fantasized about um when i was like jerking off every day and stuff <laughs> um, <laughs> back to the forward thing uh so cool man uh let's got a few more minutes here so jade what are some of your goals coming up here like what, what what's your mission now that you've weeds kind of behind you where you where you at um make as much money as i can for 2023 and 2024 Pursue the master's degree in social work. Um, yeah, that's about the two main missions. Um, stay free nice. like, consistently in the gym. You know, mm, I huge. Yeah, I I kind of fell off the last few weeks, you know, but I got to get back and do it. And that's the thing we're talking about. Like the balance kind of swings from one direction to the next. Like I need a little bit more money right now, so got to yes, pause a lot bit. But um, definitely the money part. Um, the degree, well, the program I'm getting into, the career I'm getting into, uh, staying physically and mentally healthy. Um, yeah, that's the three main things. Nice. One thing you said on on balance, and I want to touch on that. That's a really good point. Like, I don't think you ever have this perfect balance, right? There's always going to be one thing that's higher. And that needs more focus. Like there's this, there's this whole notion in pop culture where it's about finding the balance and like, it's like, it's gotta be like this all the time. It's like, yeah. no, like, like one thing, sometimes it's going to go like this. Other times it's going to go like this. And ironically, a therapist once was like, dude, he's like, Joel, you, you know, those little pendulums that go back and forth with the balls on it. It's like, you're like a pendulum. You're like one of those. You're either all the way over here. Or you're all the way over here. Like, it's okay to just rock back and forth. Like, you don't need to be one extreme or the other. Exactly. And so I think that was a really important lesson that like, yeah, like I'm the same, like this week, I'm not, I'm not lifting. I'm just stretching. going to do some yoga because my body needs, needs a rest from the, from the weights. And I know right, that right. when I come back, I'm going to just get like the gains are just going to go because I took this week off. Right. Yeah. And also for the guy, um, like you were saying, who, uh, Ross, gee, it feel like it really would seem like, you can recover or you can't like there's no hope 
And I know what that feels like when you're just so deep. And it may not be him. It may be anybody, like, um, who may come to mind. But you got to start small. You know, when you see those small changes, those small steps towards change, you said, hey, I didn't even think I could have been this happy. Like, maybe I could really come out of this. So it really is a one day at a time type of thing. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, cool. So final question for you. If what would, what advice would you give for someone coming to you asking for help quitting weed? What'd you tell them? It's a really good choice to make. You know, you get out of everything, Joe, like in life, like, you know, overarching, you know, money and relationships and finance and everything, you know, we only have for a certain amount of time. So, while you're alive, you know, you could spend some time smoking if you really want to. Like, you know, I think that's a, a period what most people go through or other drugs or whatever it is. You know, if you choose that, you know, spend your time doing it. But there's so much in life, like things to experience, like places to travel to. Um, I've never went snowboarding. Like I never went mm-hmm. um, whitewater rafting. Like that might be the thrill what I, I really do want in life, like what I'm sure. really, really passionate about. Like I never, I, I did a little bit of hiking in my life, but I never went mountain climbing. So mm. when you have your drug, like whether it's smoking or drinking or whatever it is, your world gets really small. So when you do decide to stop, you really could open up your mind to see how much possibilities it really is in life. Like what you really, really yeah. want to experience. So when you st- you're not really confining yourself. Like I can't smoke, I can't smoke. You're really opening up yourself to so much Mm. other things you could be doing. Yes, dude. Yeah. Switching that mindset from, Oh, this is limiting to, Oh, this is actually giving. This is life giving. This is choosing to explore everything. Um, You and I will have to go snowboarding someday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's tough to learn, but it's a blast once you, once you get it down. I'd like to do that. Sure. Yeah. 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 Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, guys, you will see Jay, no doubt in the future again. Uh, we'll have to do another one of these. And, um, you know, you free for a couple more minutes. We got a few more comments that just rolled in. If yeah. you're down to say, say no yeah. to drugs. <laughs> what did I, I, found, I found this in my little sister's room and I just took it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, a few more here. We got, uh, is it just possible to defeat fully? can't just reduce the frequency um because yeah again it's definitely you know will always be with us for sure but it can definitely be reduced why but that's what all has each not do hormones yeah i've definitely heard older people their testosterone goes down and their sex drive goes down so um yeah yeah i mean the thing of it is you know in life, and I don't know how old these guys are, but you really don't like you really don't know what's possible. Like there's some people who they they may just live their life, you know, with it fluctuating, like, you know, I do a lot now, I only do a little bit now. But I've also heard some stories of people who were addicted to even harder substances like alcohol and, and meth and different things for years and cocaine. And then one day it's like they really just decide to stop. And even if you look at it like, okay, I stopped this thing for 10 years. I have one relapse today. Then I stopped for another 10 years. Are they still addicted? Or would you say like they beat it? So I would say that, okay, if you have one relapse in that time, or you may go on porn one time in 10 years and stop again, you know, and, is really how you view things. I believe that you could really defeat anything, you know, and just having that belief, it would really push me to even stop this because I didn't think I was ever going to stop this at one point, like smoking. And, you know, again, I'm still early on in the in the process, but if let's just say for whatever happens, like in the next year or two, I do like smoke a day or so I relapse and then I just go for another 10 years doing it. I would still say that, yeah, I defeated the addiction because like that one, 
that one day out of 10 years is like 0.001% of, you know what I mean? So I, one I out of 3,600. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty so, so good. I would, so I would say, you know, don't, don't accept the notion that it's impossible to defeat, impossible to overcome. Mm -hmm. you know? Amen. Amen. Um, cool. And then thanks Sharon help us give the great work. Thank you, Alex. And, uh, and James get that. Yeah. Get that bag, Jade. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Appreciate your support brother. And, uh, yeah, good luck and God bless everyone reading this. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll, we'll tune We'll end today before my YouTube addictions. Yeah. <laughs> my, my live stream addiction. So appreciate it guys. And uh, talk to you soon. Thanks. Yeah.